was the month of December, and all through your phones, a disturbance of alerts, rings, buzzes, and tones. A story has arrived, nestled deep in your pocket, unannounced, unbidden, such a gift to unlock it. It begins today, and on for 23 days more, pay heed to this feed for an epic obscure, a Christmas calamity, insanity, we hope to never endure. So rein in your reindeer as we approach the first door. Wistful white winter wood with a wreath wrapped all in bows. How fitting for the beginning to a song of sugar and snow. It all starts this Friday, December 1st at 12.01 Eastern. You can find out where to listen at linktree slash Drop. That's L-I-N-K-T-R dot E-E slash Drop. Okay, bye. Welcome to Animorphs Anonymous, the podcast where we no longer talk about Animorphs because we've already done that. But we're not ready to say goodbye to Catherine Applegate and Michael Grant. Turns out they wrote more books. What? Books that we will be reading and casually discussing? You bet. Join us on the 1st and the 15th of each month as we morph into... The Apple Grant Book Club! I, I tore through World War Z. I liked that book a ton. You know who wrote that book? I can't remember. Max Brooks. Oh. You know who Max Brooks is? I assume he's related to the Max that owns Pine Hollow. Um, wrong wrong direction. Go with the last name. He's, Bonnie? He's Mel, Mel Brooks. That's Bo- <laughs> Bonnie Bryant. Uh, Mel, Mel Brooks's son. Oh, okay. Oh. Yeah. He wrote some G.I. Joe graphic novels, too. Damn. Of course. And a Minecraft book. He wrote a Minecraft book, and I read that Minecraft book just because he wrote it. And you know what? I enjoyed that Minecraft book. It was called The Island. So, like, what does a Minecraft book entail? It's it's wild. Because I said the same thing. I was like, there's literally nothing to write about here. Guy picks up blocks, put blocks down. <laughs> but it was pretty good. Okay. It was pretty all right. Uh, there's another one that was written by Mer Lafferty. And Mer Lafferty has written some really great stuff, uh, in my opinion. Station Eternity is a is a very Casey book. Mm. Uh, is it Station Eternity or is that the sequel? I don't remember. I'm going to be getting confused. But uh, there's a sequel coming out to it. I feel like Station Eternity was I get the first book. Station Eternity confused with Station Eleven, which is probably very different. Very different, yes. Um I have read both. What a weird moment in my life. Um, but yeah, I, 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 I'm going to pick up that Minecraft book and see what Mer Lafferty wrote. Mer Lafferty did a podcast series, like she podcasts some of her work and uh, uh, it's the, what is it called? Heaven and Hell series or something. I don't remember what the series is called, but the first book is called Heaven and I think the second book is called Hell, Ooh. but there's six books and they're all really good to me. Sounds good. I 
find myself currently, while I'm making cats like each other, unable to finish a simple chapter book called Animorphs. <laughs> I've been reading fucking hork Chronicles for like five days because I just can't <laughs> sit down and read it for more than a little bit. Because the cats, they demand me. But yes, I add to the list. I read Everworld forever ago because I had to do it. Mm -hmm. I had to finish it. Did you like immediately after we hung up on, on that whenever we finished the first part? What have we recorded like the night before I went to Chicago, right? Yeah, yeah. So it was like uh -huh. the next yeah, day or on, two. Yeah, on the plane ride to Chicago, I finished it. Damn. Yeah. Tim just had to interact with me for like three whole days and not say a single word about Everworld. <laughs> Except, hey, I finished Everworld. And then I was like, don't speak to me about this. <laughs> I made him feel very welcome in my home when I was like, stop talking to me immediately, Tim. <laughs> so I kept hearing this story about when we went to Medieval Times, which Medieval Times is always fun. But uh, I kept hearing this story about how the knight threw a f rose. It wasn't really a rose, but threw a rose and Scott caught it and then got his picture taken with the knight, right? So, of course, we go to medieval times, and what do you think happened? But the knight throws Scott a rose, and Scott gets his picture taken with him afterwards. And I'm like, what a wild thing to be undefeated at. To be every time you've gone to medieval times, you have caught a rose and got your picture taken. What the fuck? I know. <laughs> but I have never seen uh, a human being that excited as Scott was. It was amazing. Like, you couldn't help but just be filled with joy because of his exuberance. What was it you said when he stood up to, to, to like, cheer for the flower? Like, that you've never seen him move that fast ever yeah. before? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it was amazing. Okay, does, the, does his height and the length of his arms play a part in his ability no. to catch flowers? No. Uh, that flower was thrown directly to him. Uh, it is his ability to freak the fuck out when it comes time to cheer for the knight that allows him to catch okay, this flower. Okay, so the knight's yeah. probably going out there like, I'm going to give it to the most exuberant person, that guy. Yes, yes. that guy. Yes. Amazing. Yep, they're like young children who really need this right now. And Scott. <laughs> Scott is kind of a young child. It's true. I will say that this night was so much more excited to meet Scott afterwards than the first night, who is kind of like, oh, God, this is horrible. And this night was kind of like, this guy's funny. I like this. Aww. Yeah. So we read the end of Everworld. The mm -hmm. last one. Sure did. This this chapter in my life is over now. Yeah. We entertained the end. <laughs> so what'd we think? Yeah, I was about to say, that's like the first question. I, accounting for the fact that they were rushed to the end, really liked it. What did y'all think? I liked it. <laughs> I mean... Calm down, don't oversell it. <laughs> I don't want to be too exuberant but no i i really liked it i i 
liked it way more than I thought I would after the first two books. I wanted my I wanted the impactful Rachel ending and we didn't get it. No. And like I said, I, I think that was taken from them. I don't think they had time yeah. to to do that. Yeah. But setting that aside, I did really like it. I did too. Casey. <laughs> I don't know. I didn't really like it. <laughs> I'm oh, the dissenting no. person. No, it's like the reason I didn't like it is not anyone's fault. But like it was just so rushed for me. It and was. like the end was like I felt like a little kid was telling me a story. It was like they did this and they felt like this and then this happened and then all of a sudden then blah 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 and then they got better. And it was just like, oh, no. And again, it's no one's fault, but it was just. I mean, it's Scholastic's fault. I mean, yeah. But it absolutely. Yeah, no, I, I like this ending would have been a lot better if it took 10 books to get to. Yeah, it it did feel like it was every chapter was a book worth that had been condensed yeah. into a single yeah. chapter. And I think that was that was kind of my initial hesitation, too, of I liked it. And I did, I did, I do like it. I did like it. But yeah, it absolutely feels very rushed and it feels very like, like you can tell they were like, that. it was the same thing where like I was 20 pages out from the end. I know I'm 20 pages out from the end and I'm like, how the fuck yeah. are we going to get there? Um, the, the coup hatch thing not getting wrapped up. I feel like April... Like, there was a whole thing built up about her wanting to go home that just never got addressed the way that it should have. You know, yeah. like, there's a ton of things in it uh, that, like I said, if, if you'd taken 10 books to get there, but for it having to be crammed into a couple of books, I didn't hate it. Yeah, and I felt like the... Um... Excalibur was set up to come back and play a role in something and never did. Okay, yes. Uh, so much so that I even thought about putting that in my my notes on where they ended up, but then I ended up taking it back out of my notes because I was like, I don't know how April would feel about get, getting given back the knife that killed Senna. So I I, I waffled back and forth on that. But yeah, it felt like that too, the way they were like, eh, nobody knows where it went. Oh, that's going to come up again. And mm -hmm. it just, it never had time to. Yeah. And like, the Industrial Revolution happened. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think what was getting me, another thing that couldn't be resolved, but that like, I was surprised they even brought it up, was like, they were like, April, you forgot to go see Brigitte. And she's like, oh yeah, I did forget. I'll go see her <laughs> next time. And it's like, she never did. And it's like, no. okay. First of all, I feel attacked because this is how I operate in my day to day because that's how forgetful I am. But also, like, this didn't need to be in here. Everworld is actually just where ADHD people go to live. <laughs> I'm like, this is literally the story you just told about Alex saying that she was going to tell you about the Chicago trip and then didn't. And much like April, I had a lot going on at the time, okay? <laughs> If I had to ride a horse to Hell's Domain and fight some lava men, I wouldn't have been surprised in any capacity. Dude, the horses in this series <sighs> fucking don't horse abuse. Like, 
Yeah. This is not Every a series book. for horse lovers. It is not. Except for maybe like the Pegasus, the Pegasi. Pegasi. Yeah, maybe. Or the sassy ones. Yeah. Every other fucking horse just brutally murdered. They were like, hey, you know how everyone has feelings about our tax? What if we repeatedly did that? <laughs> <laughs> cough, Morgan, cough. <laughs> now, that's an interesting conversation that we could have. Just a whole thing on is which one hits harder, our tax or Morgan? Morgan. I think, yeah, that's <laughs> I think the only difference is the age. I mean, of us? The, our text got to me when I was a kid mm-hmm. and I was a full grown adult. I will also say that I believe the Artax influenced the Morgan scene. Oh. So it like it's like expanding on it in a way. Well, okay. Let me make an argument here for Artax versus Morgan. And just for anybody <laughs> who's not in the know, we're talking about Morgan the horse that we did in the Oops All Book Club book last Wow, pronunciation did not go well for me right there. Book club. Uh, we did it last December. Um, Casey, remind me the name of the book. Uh, the Nightland Express. Nightland Express. Morgan was the horse in that book. Okay, so here is why. Artax went into the Swamps of Sorrow, and Artax had his own depression that he died in the swamps. It's very sad, of course. Blah, blah, blah. Morgan was the decision that you have to make for your own pet when you realize that because of something you did without knowing you have hurt your animal beyond repair and now you have to put them down yourself. And that is way more hard hitting and realistic than our tax. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Casey's crying. Damn you, Jamie. <laughs> Damn it. Fuck. Everybody should go read Nightland Express. Too. Oh my Nightland God. Express is so good. Don't get heartbroken. Oh, it's so good. It's so, so good. I can't believe it's been almost a year since I've read that book. I know. I know. What the fuck? I don't know. Yeah, did we really read that before we started Everwood? Yeah. Wow. And we were all like, I don't know. It's a real big book. This is going to be a lot of reading before we record. And then we all fucking tore through it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's fun. Oh, man, what a good series. Anyways, there was all of the horror and none of the emotion for these horses in Everworld. Yeah. They all did. They all got torn they all apart. D- I can't believe that not even like one of the characters was like, oh, I really liked that horse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You put put me in there and I, I'd be like, I'd just, I'd be crying about the horse. I'd be fetal on the ground. Be like, no. I'd be like, leave the horse for the gargoyles. I'm like, leave Christopher for the gargoyles. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Oh my god, so much didn't get resolved. The longer, the more, I just looking at my first paragraph of notes, I'm like, oh shit, 30 things didn't get resolved here. Yeah. Scholastic, give them more books. Yeah. Do you think That's they would to say. return it, return to it if, if? No. Wait, yeah, who's they? Uh, Catherine Michael. Oh. Uh. Catherine Michael might. I don't know. I don't know their feelings towards it. Um, Scholastic wouldn't. Scholastic like can go suck a fart right now, honestly. Scholastic yeah. <laughs> can go suck a fart. I feel like this one maybe because I feel like it is 
more so a Michael Grant series than a Catherine series. Because I don't think Catherine would. Because she's now doing stuff mm-hmm. that is way more in line with what she wants to do. Yeah. Like Otter and Dogtown and stuff. Mm-hmm. But Michael might. And considering I'm relatively sure he wrote almost all of these books, I think he might. We can email him and ask. Yeah. That Your theory that he wrote almost all of these books fits nicely into the narrative that I have constructed for what happens after these books. Okay. Yeah. Do it. Yeah. Oh, we got to recap it first. Yeah, we got to recap. Then we do it. Okay. Shall, yeah. shall I start the recap then? Please. Yes. Okay. April wakes up in Everworld to a pounding on her door. She gets up and opens it to Christopher, who comes in and throws himself down on her too short bed and admits his undying love for Etain and how she won't even talk to him right now and he doesn't know why. Uh, He's devastated, and April tells him to get over it, which throws him for a loop. Uh, He seems to realize that maybe she isn't who she thought she was, meaning April isn't who he thought she was. I don't know why I wrote the sentence this way. There's no way to know. I did this weeks ago. He seems disappointed, but uh, she wants to get back to the real world, and them fading is a problem, and Attain tying him here is causing them to fade, and therefore Christopher is the fucking problem, and he should get over Attain so they can all fucking go home, please, for the love of God. Um, Christopher throws her for a loop when he's like, maybe I want to live here. So anyways, uh, then he he recaps like, hey, I have nothing in the real world but two drunk parents and obnoxious brother. And like, I know my whole path in life. I'm going to go into middle management. I'm going to get fat. I'm going to have an affair that breaks up my family. I'm going to go bald and I'm going to die of prostate cancer at 50. And that's fine. Except now I know that I can live in a better place here and die earlier. Uh, So anyways, he's like, even if I never get to die at the Tain, I'll die. Cool. And April's like, oh, well. We veered out of this heart to heart, so um, bye. And that's that chapter. Uh, so, yeah, I, there are times when it feels like certain things aren't really earned. And Christopher just being like, nah, I want to stay here. I was like, that was, that was kind of a quick, like, I get the Etain thing, but it feels like that needed to develop more, oh, too. It's so frustrating because all of the parts were there like the drunk parents the shitty home life the like having yeah. nothing to return to. like all of the parts were there it just needed it's like yeah it's like it's like a fucking american cooking show all of the ingredients were set it just needed to stay in the oven 10 minutes longer it's just it's a bad bake mary <laughs> <laughs> why specifically attack american baking shows because they're generally more violent than british baking shows because <laughs> they'll be like because like in it's like great british bake Off sort of thing like oh we're gonna make a cake and everybody loves each other and they're all in the tent together in the u.s it's like you have 13 knives but 14 competitors who's gonna get the knives <laughs> yeah. fight to the death yeah i think we talked about this before it's human versus human on american yes. baking shows and in a british baking show it's Person versus self and person versus nature. It's this has been covered on Anwarf's Anonymous before. We've gone deep into sure. baking shows. <laughs> but not too familiar. Yeah. Listen, I'm the I'm the one to complain when a romance arc is rushed. Like, that is my least favorite thing. Here's the thing though. Christopher's dumb. And I yeah. fully believe that he's madly in he thinks he's madly in love with Etain, even though he's not. So, but yeah, 
It could it could be some more time. And that's frustrating because all the components were there. Yeah. And I want to believe. I want it. I want it so bad. I will say this for Christopher though. He he like he became the most loathsome person at the beginning and then he turned into a normal person at the end. And that is just like Hallelujah. Yeah. I Christopher going to April for girl talk is the arc that my soul needed. <laughs> I hate that April wasn't there for it. Me too. Cause she yeah. should have been like, yeah, like let's, let's yeah. do this. And they should have had more time and not had to make that final decision about staying in Everworld. Yeah. Cause they, they never made the decision or, okay, real, real quick. I wish April's there for it, or I wish April wasn't there harder, and it turns out that's April's split personality into Everworld, and we find out she's getting way harsher than the real world. That would have been cool, too. Ooh. What was that little noise? That little, yeah, was that you putting, a, like, a dome over our conversation? Oh, no, that was, like, a swishing. Like, oh, I wanted okay. a quick, quick swish in this conversation. I'm like, are we going under the talking blanket? Yeah, we have to get, we're always under the, <laughs> the talking <pillow> blanket. <laughs> The pillow fort. You may not know this, but before we podcast, we all build pillow forts and sit <laughs> under them. Oh my god, that'd be really cute, though. I kind of want to do that. Actually, that's awesome. a good podcast name, The Pillow Fort. Where we just oh. go and, and have girl talk. Oh. We should this. absolutely do this. Because <laughs> that's what Alex needs, is another podcast. I think one more will do it. <laughs> I feel like the fucking uh, who's the girl in Willy Wonka that is the rotten egg? Gene Veruca Wilder. Salt. I feel like the Veruca <laughs> Salt of podcasts where I'm like, I want another. <laughs> Daddy, bring me another podcast. Gene Anyways. Wilder. Gene Wilder, what now? Yeah. <laughs> That's what Tim said in response to your rotten egg question. Oh. No, Gene Wilder wasn't the rotten egg. Veruca Salt was. Oh my god, you guys. Hold on. Speaking of Willy Wonka, remind me to bring that up when we get to the journey part. Okay. Okay. Oh my god, let me write this down. There's no way I'm going to remember this. I have a post-it right here and a pen. I'm doing it. It's a podcast-specific notebook. Willy Wonka journey? Where's my Question? Yeah, I've like, already written it down. Okay, it's here. It's wait. on the post. Okay, I'm writing the next one down though. Let's, okay, it's a fucking pen. Dear God, cannot wait for six months from now when Alex reads that post-it note and it's like Willy Wonka journey. I don't know what that's about. Context. There's no way to know. Where is it? It's right on my keyboard right now. I'm gonna keep hitting it repeatedly while we do this podcast. So hopefully it'll pop up. What journey, by the way? What journey? The journey. To to death? Yeah. Okay. I'm in. <laughs> I'm just going to ask before every chapter if this is the Willy Wonka part. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Chapter two of what we're doing, not chapter two in the book. Yes. Okay. They were invited down to what April assumed was breakfast, but the food was meat, mushrooms, bread, and ale, which sounds perfectly good to me for breakfast, but apparently wasn't good enough for April. 
David was eating all like nobly with his sword and Jaleel was like eating with one hand and drawing with the other. And Christopher was making a mushroom circle on his plane like do 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 because he's Christopher. Wait, isn't that uh, like a fairy circle? Yes. Okay. And I thought that was going to be relevant, but it wasn't. Oh. Anyway. Nope. Instead, he's like, just a real fun guy, April, which is my favorite joke. And oh, I don't even think he said that no. one, but I liked oh. it. What happened to this scene? Anyway. (laughs) I don't know. Uh, But anyways, they took one look at the king and they were like, yeah, he's not going for this. And King Baldwin was like, I am so sorry, but I will not waste my men's lives so flippantly digging into hell's domain. And Jaleel's like, but wait, what if there's more? And the king was like, <laughs> is it going to change my entire mind and make me reconsider all of my actions? And Julia was like, yes, my guy. And then he pulled out all of the drawings that he was just working on out of his shirt. He never put them in his shirt. So this was like a magic trick to me. Uh, and then he pulled them all out and he was like, hey, you have coal. And they're like, yeah, my guy. And he's like, we could turn this whole bitch up into electric factories and like do this whole like train system. We could do this pumping air super deep. We could pull water out of places. We could send telegrams. He's like the whole shebang. You guys could be basically infinitely more rich than you are now and earn money way faster. And King Baldwin was like, all right, sure. But also I still get to marry a Tane. And they're like, yeah, of course. And he's like, all right, let's dig to hell. And that's this chapter. I really want to know about the shirt papers now. I want to know about the magic yeah. trick. Because he was drawing at breakfast. Yeah. And then cut to talking to the king. And then he just pulls the papers out of his shirt. And it's like, why were they there? Why did you do that? I also have to imagine it was like the old computer paper that was like, he had to rip it apart. <laughs> with the, with so he's pulling it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so he's just constantly pulling it out like a clown. <laughs> Or like a Making like a, a fax machine digits. noise. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Maybe they were just like, it's the last book, fuck it. Yeah. Why did Car- he put them in his shirt? Just carry them. Cartoon rules. <laughs> what to eat? What to eat? Literally no one was going to take them from him. What if he was doing like a whole bit where he's like, where did my papers go? Oh, oh, I just had... Oh, here they are. And he pulls the papers from behind King Baldwin's ear. So, like, we get to the final book, and this is where Jaleel's like, I'm going to try a bit. (laughs) (laughs) It's my time to shine. It's my time to shine, guys. I'm going to lean into this magic. I've accepted the magic. You can tell because of my whimsy now. Yeah, He's wearing a top hat and tails, too. Like he's got a little magic wand with him, and he's like, saying, yeah, "I've do. got the magic in me." <laughs> he just keeps saying "Alakazam, Alakazam." That fucking guy. What a bit! <laughs> All right, are you guys ready for probably one of the most useless chapters in this entire fucking story? <laughs> yeah. yeah, great. Uh, real world April went to church but skipped out on the crackers and juice and talked to the priest in the closet bits and just went home and she saw an undercover cop car in her driveway and she knew it was undercover because it was too plain that's a dead giveaway so she walks into her house and she sees her parents sitting together on the couch shoulder to shoulder and there's detectives there and they're like hey did you know about this guy David Levine and she was like yes and she's like trying to do this whole like only use one word answers don't give them more information they asked for blah 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 And she's doing okay at first. 
And they're like, how'd you know him? And she's like, we go to school together. I know him from school generally. And they're like, did you notice he was missing? And she's like, no. And they're like, oh, is that why you called his house and talked to his mom? And she's like, oh, fuck. Now they've got me. And then her dad was like, are you calling my daughter a liar? She goes to church. And the detective was like, well, the questioning ends here. Her dad's mad. She goes to church. And then he's like, get out of my house. And that's basically what happened here. Yeah. Yeah. That was the whole thing. <laughs> Everybody knows if you go to church, you're automatically a good person who doesn't do anything wrong. <laughs> Why was she going without her parents on a weeknight? To church? Yeah. Was it a weeknight? It might. I felt like it was like a Friday when this happened because the following. No. Yes, it was like a Friday. I mean, I think you could go to church and like go confess whenever. Without your parents? Yeah. Is she is she expressly Catholic? I think so. I think so. She, oh, she was in she? mass like a couple books ago. Oh, okay, okay. Um, yeah, then that seems normal enough. To go Especially to church the, without your parents? Yeah, if the church is close, you could go do your confession stuff. But she didn't even confess. Like or they take always the do snacks. It in, they do it in movies where they just go like right before something big happens or right after something big happens. Like Home they Alone. Just sit there. Yeah, they sit there by themselves. Yeah, Kevin went without his parents. That's what true. If, no, 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 no. <laughs> if there was if there was snacks served, bread and, and wine, the body and blood of Christ, it was a service. You don't know that. It was communion. Yes, I do. I went to Catholic church for fucking years. My family is nuts. <laughs> They didn't leave that shit laying around. I mean, they did, but it was in a cupboard in the back. It just came in a plastic baggie. The magic is really, like, when you go back there, the magic is destroyed. (laughs) I feel like I've done a lot of plays in a lot of different churches. That makes sense. They're tax-free. Yeah. Oh, are they? Yeah, you can't, you don't tax, churches don't pay taxes. What about in Robin Hood? (laughs) I think people paid to the church. But like the sheriff went to the church and, and was like, Friar Tuck, give me your money. And Friar Tuck was like, no, I'm going to beat you with a stick instead. Yeah, but remember that sheriff was like not. Corrupt? Yeah. No, he was. He was that one. He was yeah. corrupt. He was yeah. corrupted. Okay. So. Yeah, churches <laughs> now don't pay tax to the government. Okay. Okay. I'm not sure that they did then. I don't think they ever have. Does the Pope pay taxes? Probably not. Do they collect tax in Vatican City? I mean, I feel like it's a it's a real cash heavy operation. Like you can't Venmo the basket people. <laughs> yeah, you gotta. Yeah, the, the Vatican City doesn't pay for itself, right? Yeah, but like they, they don't. They, they tax don't have it. like. <laughs> yeah, but they don't like, like. But they have to have some sort of tax system. I think to what they do. Money. Is they just reinvigorate the giant half naked man statue community and that feeds back into the greater community. They're like, I'd like to commission a gold Jesus statue, and then that <laughs> the money spreads from there. So you're basically saying they're the tea public of <laughs> of religion? Like like that's their business model? Is yes. On on demand Jesus statues? <laughs> I think so. Horrifying. And the bread as well. I'm sure they had to pay for those little plastic bags of wafers. 
styrofoam discs. Those horrifying rice cakes that they have. Mm-hmm. I did have one communion where they had real bread, though. I think that was like a Christmas the service. Fuck? And I was like, this is the best. I will happily eat some fucking bread of, of body. I, they give we you like never... spin dip or something. We, we had we had bread and grape juice regularly. You had grape juice? They let you have yeah. grape juice? See, it yeah. was like, they were like, hey, you can drink. Yeah, no, not, not, I was a Catholic. Oh. So, or I am not Catholic, I guess I should say. It's chaotic. Um, so, yeah, no, there was none of that alcohol. I think we got juice, too, as well, in the, in the Lutheran church. Um, but yeah, they were like, go hard or go home. Nice. Places that I've been. <laughs> this this grape juice blood, it doesn't count. You need the real shit. You need the real shit. Otherwise, it is not the blood. Which, by the way, it still wasn't. I'm surprised that you didn't have like a Molson or something in Canada. Did you hand you like Maple a whole syrup. bottle? <laughs> that would have been great. I like see that would have. I think I'd be a religious person if that's how they had done it. <laughs> It's really unfortunate for them that they went with the shitty rice cakes and the wine. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> I don't think they'd want me in the church, though. Oh so. My God. Anyways, I just, I think it's weird that she went alone. Like, at her age, alone, church service, without her parents. She had to walk there. She had to decide to go. She had to walk there. She had to sit through two hours of God knows what, literally, and then walk <laughs> home. What to eat? <laughs> <laughs> this is the moment where the book jumps the shark for me <laughs> yeah of all the things that have happened all the buck wild shit that happened like fucking alligator god running in just tearing shit up and Makes getting shot sense. at by a nazi and then you're all she went to church by herself <laughs> who does that who does that listen I think that it made perfect sense for the alligator god to come back and run amok. And if you are a Nazi transported into a magical world with an Uzi, I understand why you would shoot at the alligator god, even though I hate you and I don't like you. And I just think that going to church by yourself is weird. (laughs) (laughs) That book was so cool, though. That was that was such a wild that I loved that book. That ending to that book. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think that's one of my favorites. Oh, yeah. we should talk about our favorites at the end of this. Okay. Okay. Shit. Okay. Would you like me to continue recapping this particular one? Sure. Yes. Okay. Uh, once the police left, April's mom was like, what do you want for dinner? We need a special treat because of the stress of the cops. And her dad's like, I'm going to, I'll go get Thai food. It'll be great. And then she, a fucking idiot, because she's clearly never had tofu pad Thai, said no, because she has a stupid date with a 21 year old she met at a cafe when her friend Magda was late. Yeah. Yeah. She goes to church alone without her parents to do services and then there's like now we're gonna go on a date with a 21 year old when i'm like 16 years old and he knows how old i am so i don't know i'm seeing some disparities here anyways also no to pad thai (laughs) never anyways i digress um this guy is about to graduate college and she's like hey dad can i borrow the car and i'm gonna go meet a friend for dinner and he's like of course didn't question her any further because she has straight a's and goes to church 
And then she's like, well, this is great. I get to go to this trendy new restaurant with this old guy that I met that's not at all creepy, I swear. And uh, she walks in and the hostess is all like cool and tall and pretty. And uh, she's like, I'm meeting someone here. And the hostess is like, do you see them? And she was like, no. And she's like, then go sit at the bar. And April's like, oh yeah, I'm sophisticated. (sighs) The swing that we took between these two chapters. Oh no. But isn't, isn't that, isn't that what growing up really is? Yes. It, this genuinely felt very much like, (laughs) like growing up, honest. I was like, wow. (laughs) Just, being at home and like your family like trying to have family dinner and then you leave and like just go do like some stupid nefarious plan that you came up with and it's you know it's stupid but you do it anyway i love it (laughs) reminds me of eating like jelly packets and free crackers off the table at a diner at two in the morning when you you and your friends drive into like a different state to go to a cafe where all you can afford is the water And it's like your parents don't know where you are. And then you break down because you have too many keychains on your keys. That was very specific. And then then your friend's sister's baby's daddy named Pickle has to come and get your car working because he's a mechanic. Sorry. Sorry. Friend's sister's baby. Friend's sister's baby's daddy, Pickle. Oh, the car broke down because of the keychains? The car broke down because of the (laughs) keychains. How? Wait, what? Like you weighed the starter down? Yes. Or... With too many keychains. Holy shit. The tension Mm. of the key being Mm. held up by that many keychains broke the starter. Oh my God. Completely misunderstood what you had said. Because not only do cars break down, people break down. And I thought that. It's an astute (laughs) observation, Tim. (laughs) That's a song lyric from a Roger Klein song. Cars break down, people break down, and other things break down too. Uh, But uh, so. I didn't. I didn't create it. But uh, when you said that you broke down because you had too many keychains on your keys, I thought you meant much in a similar fashion to when you were holding the bouquet of details. Right. And you were like, "I have too many details." I thought you were like, no. "I have so many keychains," and you just like started crying because you had yep. so many keychains. Yep. I wish. I wish that yeah. that was my life. I wish that because, like, I feel like I've. I've broken down <laughs> laughing over dumber things before. So too many keychains would be like on par. Just too many keychains for my human hands to hold. Just so many keychains. <laughs> I just want to put them down and I can't. <laughs> I have been I, told oh. this before, though. In, in all honesty, somebody yeah. has told me, don't put too many keychains on your keys. Oh, yeah. it could cause you problems. And I remember thinking... That's stupid. That would never happen. Oh, oh buddy. Oh, my God. <laughs> Shit. Let me be here to tell you it for sure can happen to you. <laughs> Matt's always telling me I have too many keychains, so I need to. Okay. This was like 20 pounds of keychains. Like, this was like one or... key and then a basketball size <laughs> amount of keychains. A katamari. Because you wore trip pants. And you could fit them in your pockets. You could hang them from the chains of your pants. Absolutely. Absolutely you could. Were were lanyards cool back then? Never for me. Never been cool. Okay. I just feel like I remember people hooking lanyards to their pant loops or something. There were like 
stylistically they weren't lanyards but there were like just straps of fabric that like if you had black yeah. pants with orange highlights you'd just get like a lanyard looking thing of orange fabric that mm-hmm. you could hook on mm-hmm. so it was like that straps of fabric sounds poetic write a haiku right now <laughs> buy straps of fabric yeah my straps of fabric make my pants really cool. <laughs> Twelve pack of soda. <laughs> Twelve pack of soda. Twelve pack of soda is very good. My straps of fabric make my make my make pants my pants look no no fuck. make my pants look really cool. Make my pants look really cool. Yes. Twelve pack of soda. So is fire one or two syllables? Oh, no. Okay, so Alex has done this on purpose. I don't know if Casey's heard this story about how I got in a ton of trouble. So we were playing this game called Poetry for Neanderthals, which is really fun, but you're only allowed to use monosyllabic words. Okay. Uh, And there's an inflatable, like, caveman stick and if somebody uses a two-syllable word or whatever they get smacked with the stick right okay Uh, so like we were playing this and jenna said the word fire and i said nope two syllables right i'm gonna die on this hill that fire is two syllables right she says no far and i'm like you can't southern it and just call it one syllable it's fire uh and like because we were playing on different teams right right then later, my teammate says the word fire, and I don't say anything <laughs> at that. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. I thought I was going to get murdered, right? Murdered. Murdered. But I am convinced that uh, Google was no help, hmm. because some people say two syllables and some people say one syllable. Fucking English. Yeah. Either one or two syllables. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. That's bullshit. Depending on if you're in the South, I guess. Or it's far. Fire. Okay. Right? But That's two. It sounds like there's a Y sound fire. in the middle. Yeah. Okay. Here. Yeah. Okay. But cool also. <laughs> it was a bunch of dumbasses. They said it's how many times your jaw goes up and down. So we were all going, bye, yag, bye, yag, <laughs> bye, yag. If you had a ventriloquist dummy, how. <laughs> How many tugs? <laughs> Twice. How many tugs on the dummy? That sounds like something. <laughs> yeah, I would say fires too. Yeah, I would say it was two too. Yeah, you would, unless uh, it was your own teammate. Unless it's my teammate. <laughs> because technically it can be one or two. Oh, man. That game is really fun, though. That sounds fun. Yeah, it was good. I like hitting people with an inflatable stick. Yeah. I would only want to play it with really easy prey like Austin. (laughs) Oh, my God. Uh, He'd be perfect. Oh, my God. Yeah, I I will make sure to bring it next time we hang out with Austin. It's going to turn into all of us just ganging up on Austin. (laughs) (laughs) He's He's just so easy. It's so precious. Yeah. That's why we had to stop bullying him the other night, because we guilted ourselves into and then out <laughs> of bullying him. Anyways, you guys want another chapter? Sure. Yes.
Okay, April was having a great date. They were talking, eating bresqueta, and everything was going so well until he looked over at her and started freaking out. Also, this guy's name was, I believe, also Trey, which is the name of Rachel's uh, bad date boy that wanted her on a date uh, in the Starfish book. Uh, Just wanted to bring that full circle. Also my ex. T.T. Also sucks. Casey's ex. Trey's suck. I'm sorry, Trey's yeah. that are listening. Rethink your life choices. Anyways, so you think his, his real name was Victor Trey. No, the guy that we hate. That's but Victor's different. a good name that I love. Yeah, Victor's a great name. <laughs> <laughs> Trey though needs to rethink his life choices, like dating children and trying to harass Rachel at the beach and doing shitty things to Casey. All of those were terrible things. So we'll name our our villain in our book Trey Trent. Yes. That's what we'll name. And again, then we can do that TT, which is what they called Trey. Trey yep, yeah, Trey in Rachel's book. Oh I lost god. the thread on that name. Oh my god. We did Trey it. Trent, TT. Anyways. So that's my soapbox, I guess. Uh anyways, they were having a great date until Trey starts freaking out because he realized that, like, oh God, she's disappearing and she goes to touch her cheek and her fingers hit nothing. And he's like, Oh God, I'm not a, like just imagining this. Your fingers just went through your face. And Rachel's like, I'm sorry, I forgot. I have to go and ran outside. And then she runs to Christopher's house and there's flashing lights all out front. There's paramedics. He's being wheeled out on a gurney, and April runs over, and Christopher's like Hey, boys, step aside. I need to have a private word with this lady. And they do. And April's like, why are paramedics listening to the victim? This doesn't make any sense. And then they're standing there talking. And April's like starting to fade out again. And Christopher's like, hey, my mom saw me when I was changing. And now I'm here strapped to this gurney. I'm going to the hospital. This has happened before. You need to go home before you start fading. Otherwise, we're going to end up in the loony bin together. And then he's like, see you soon. And that's that chapter. He does seem to be handling things very well. So well. Yeah. He's like ready for his Everworld vacation. Like, yeah, get me out of here. See, this is my problem. I am super indecisive. So when I'm in the real world, I'd be like, no, I'm supposed to be in Everworld. And then when I'm in Everworld, I'd be like, no, I'm supposed to be in the real world. And then no matter which decision I make, it's going to be wrong. And that's how I'll live in the rest of my days. Uh, I, I don't think I would. I'd be like, this was fun. I'm going home. You're like, I just can't stay away from taxes. Well, I'll miss Animorphs Anonymous. Oh. Yeah, you well, you're, you're in the real world. You're in the real world, so you'll have to keep it going. I will. Mm. I will. Yeah. It'd just be me talking to Mike, be like, well, this is a strange Well, Casey hasn't decided yet. Oh, Casey? no. Yeah, that's true. I'm more indecisive than Tim. <laughs> And honestly, if we have Jaleel, we'll invent podcasting in like two months. and It'll be fine. We're just oh, taking true. a brief break to be in Everworld. I will say, though, that I would probably be dead and not able to decide because I would have gone to Everworld and probably died. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, I mean, that's fair. I'm not tough. Like, I, like at all. Like, zero percent. I don't think Christopher and Jaleel were tough either. They got I tough. am like 100% nerf. Like I am. And I'm 100% nothing. <laughs> yeah. I feel like the three of us going to Everworld would be very, very late starters. 
<laughs> yes. Yeah. We find ourselves some mythical animal familiars. <laughs> Just throw balls at them. Dude, that would be so fun. For like a couple days. No, like forever. <laughs> <laughs> But Alex, all your horses would get eviscerated. Well, not if I had anything to say about it, and I do. Also, Senna would be gone way earlier in the series. Oh, my God. <laughs> He'd be like, don't you love her, though? She's touched you. And I'd be like, nope. <laughs> Bye. All right, you ready? Yeah. Yes. Let's do it. Uh, April was not upset to be back in Everworld per se, but she was less than enthused when David made her come with him to check on the progress of the tunnel because it was crushing and terrible and she hated being reminded of of it. So she's like, why do I have to go? And uh, David's like, well, you're the only one that can control Christopher. And she was like, "Mm, I'm a little bit proud that he thinks I can control Christopher, but I'm also annoyed that he's bringing me to control Christopher. And as they trudged down the tunnel, April did it admire it very oddly she was like god the angle is great for walking my knees feel like i haven't felt this way since i was a teen my knees feel great as she's walking up this hill uh anyways real great tunnel long and short of it uh she was walking slightly behind both of the boys as she was staring at them she's like she was like hey christopher uh you're fading in the real world and uh i think you're gone now and christopher's like okay and then uh, she's like, by the way, how's uh, talking to uh, Brigitte going? And April's like, fuck, I forgot. And David's like, hmm, happening to you too. Sounds like you're fading in the real world too. And she was mad that he was right. And uh, then there was this whole theory of like, as Everworld becomes more real to you, your real world lives become smaller. And that's that chapter. She never talks to Brigitte. Not once. Is this the Willy Wonka journey yet? Yeah, are we on the journey? Not yet. Not yet. Okay. Not the Willy Wonka journey. Not okay. Willy Wonka. I don't have anything funny about that chapter. Okay, I'll, <laughs> I'll just keep going. Do it. Yeah. <laughs> no jokes. <laughs> they met the head builder dwarf, Mergen, who showed them a nifty feature. That's his name. <laughs> Mergen. Mergen. When you say it, though. <laughs> Mergen. Merkin. I'm like, was his name really Merkin? Merkin. <laughs> a Merkin. <laughs> Merkin. Fuck yeah, I built a tunnel to hell. Fuck yeah. Okay, anyways, they built this tunnel to hell, and they built this whole rock slag thing that was held back by beams that they were going to collapse. Hopefully, when everybody came through, I'd have hell to cut them off, but if their asses were not running fast enough, they would be trapped with hell. They start to discuss, like, who's going on this mission. And David's like, well, not Jaleel. The dwarves love him. He has to stay here and build corporate America. And Christopher sighs dramatically and is like, it's just you and I alone again, David. Just the two of us. And April's like, well, I don't like that. I'm going with you guys. And David's like, no, I don't want to list. I don't want to risk more lives than needed. And April's like, no, but for real this time. You guys are going into Hell's domain. She's going to enthrall you. You're going to be trapped in her hot bod. And David's like, can't stop you. And that's how they decide April's going. I thought you were going to say that you're going into her kitchen. (laughs) I would never. That's a Tim joke. (laughs) Going into Hale's kitchen. What are you? An idiot sandwich. (laughs) 
It's just the same thing. Like it's it's also rushed. Yeah. It's also yeah. The beats of the story are happening too fast, and everything is so compressed at this point. It just gets worse for the next few chapters. Yes, yes, it does. <laughs> yep. Well, why don't you go ahead and burn through them, and then we'll do our 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 narratives about or not narratives about where. Let's do it. All right. Strap oh, wait, in, hold on. kids. You have to stop with the Willy Wonka. Oh journey. yeah, is it the Willy Wonka journey yet? Not yet. Okay. All right, I'm going to burn through it. You're now going to have to stop me for the Willy Wonka journey. I'll hold up W's. I'll do my best to look. I will do. I'll probably. The movement will probably. My vision is based on movement. I'll make. I'll wave my arms. (laughs) Much like the flawed perception of T Rex, it was not actually true. That was based on a crushed skull that they did not get good laser of they actually had binocular vision their eyes were more anyways they tried to get some sleep so april awoke to david knocking on the door it was time to go they went down this tunnel and met mergen and Atain had to come see them off and jaleel and a few dwarves and Atain could not quite meet christopher's eyes but she did hand april her very own enchanted elfin sword and said you have become like a sister to me have my enchanted sword uh, someone brought horses down. They were bought just for this purpose. And they talked about how good these horses were. Like, these were so well-trained. They were bought from a guy who fucking does great at horsing and stuff. Uh, but they were in a cave, so they blindfolded them and then put these, like, little things over their noses so they couldn't smell death that were filled with flowers, which was a real thing that they used to do. It, never mind. Anyways, um... It would give them some minor advantage to be mounted, and they assume, like, hey, by the way, the gods you're rescuing probably can't walk, so... Have some more horses. Minor advantage. And, yeah, minor advantage. Not a great one. Unless you mean miners in like mining. I was about to say, that was a rock digging joke. Like From a the totally ashes. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, Atain wished them all luck, says, We hope you come back. And Jaleel walked up to April and grabbed her hand and personally said, You have to come back. And she's like, I will. And then they had to go to keep on time because the dwarves are all about timekeeping. So they leave. Uh, They move into the tunnel and David starts going like, but wait a second, but where the hell is Merlin anyways? And that's when like gargoyle monsters start flying in at them and they're trying to bite and latch on. April drew a tain sword, but one got on her before she could fully unsheath it and David was able to tear it off of her and she felt all of the needle teeth like sinking into her skin and the blood trickling down her back. But she was able to sit up and slice and slice another one of these gargoyle creatures in half and then David beheaded one and then one latched onto the horse that was furthest away from Christopher and he couldn't reach it. And so David's like, cut him loose and the horse tried to rear as this thing was biting into its neck but they were in a cave so it couldn't rear and so david just cut it loose and the gargoyles all swarmed on it and they were able to just get away like they just walked out of that they were like yep and they're all like this is too easy but whatever so anyways then they come to this horrifying writhing pit of human death and destruction and horror that they said my favorite thing that's ever been said in a book it looks like a hieronymus bosch painting come to life which is My, one of my favorite nonsense painters. I love it. It's great. The horses did not react at all. And the kids are like, oh God, why aren't the horses reacting? This is a horrible, terrible death. And then David's like, wait, what if this is all an illusion? And Christopher's like, oh, what if it's all an illusion? (laughs) Trust the horses. And then they started walking the horses through them. They made it through to the other side. And Christopher's like, okay, it was an illusion. Thanks. Great. And this is where the Willy Wonka journey begins. The only thing I have to say is that it reminded me of the creepy tunnel in Willy Wonka. Yes. This whole thing. 
There's no way to know which way the river's flowing. So you're saying that the chocolate factory was built on Hell's Domain? (gasps) Now it all makes sense. All makes sense now. Willy Wonka was low-key. I was just thinking that. Yeah. Same vibe, same energy. (laughs) (laughs) But the river keeps on going and the rowers just keep rowing and they don't seem to have any idea of where they're going. Yeah, same vibes. Anyway, that's all. Anyways, okay. Then they pass through a room filled with medieval torture equipment. Like, legit, that's it. It's a couple sentence mention. Then they continue on to a room filled with bubbling lava and heat, and then 11 men popped up, which I'm sure is important, but I didn't Google it, so I don't know what it means. They're just zombie magma men with their guts falling out or scalped or horribly injured in some way. And they start to approach, and David's like, I'm going to dismount. And they're like, no, David. He's like, I got to put them out of their misery. And then he goes to stab one through with Galahad's sword. And it does fuck all. And then it like just like whips David, slams him. He goes flying, crashes into the ground, and he's stunned. And then these creatures start grabbing at the horses and tearing off their blindfolds and dragging them into the lava. And Christopher just grabs April, turns her away, and is like, no, don't look. But she can hear the screaming as the horses are dying in lava. So then he lets her go. When she turns around, these guys are bearing down on them and they smell horrible. They look horrible. They're all injured. And April takes out a tame sword and starts cutting them down. And it works. The magical enchantment works on these 11 zombie men. And so she continues stabbing and slashing and all of that jazz. And in her own mind, she's like, is this murder? Am I horrible now? And then she's like, no, it's self-defense. And then she stands there alive over all of these dead zombie men. And Christopher and David are like, you had to do it. You had to. And she was like, don't talk to me anymore. Again, this could have been its own thing. Yeah, Willy Wonka moment from Tim. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Uh, so when you said, like, I think David in the book said, I'm going to dismount. And I was yes. like, he's going to get off his horse. Then when Alex said, I'm going to dismount, I had this image of him standing up on the horse and doing like a full gymnastic flip off the, the back. <laughs> and then the lava men like holding up scorecards. <laughs> and they were all 11s. Yeah, they're all like 9.5, 9.7. And then the Russian lava man was like six. <laughs> no. <laughs> and then one of them takes out a pipe and slams it into David's shin. <laughs> Yeah, we we jump to figure skating now, I think. Oh! <laughs> because that's where the Russian cause... judges are also rude. <laughs> <laughs> what if, okay, 11 lava men, they were, like, tortured. What if we, like, knew some of them? Like, not personally, but they were, like, oh. famous? Like what? One of them's Jenna? <laughs> yeah, no, like, <laughs> one of them is, like, I don't know. <gasps> Boys, <General> 11 Custer. men! <gasps> Boys, 11 men. Yes. I knew it. Oh, my God. I knew it would all come back. Fuck. (laughs) It was right in front of our faces. The whole time it was the boys, 11 men, and we were the idiots. You know, some people do Anwar's podcast where they make, like, literary points about how things are actually like... (laughs) (laughs) You got to set yourself apart somehow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this is my hill to die on. <laughs> nice is neat. Nice is neat. Nice is neat. All right, you guys ready? Yeah. Okay, here we go. 
They walk into Hell's personal museum, the giant blocks of ice encasing the different victims. And April's like, should we free them all? And David's like, don't be a fool. There's no time. They had to get who they needed and no more. They passed Balder first, but then they're like, mm, need to get Thor. He's second. So they made it to Thor, and this massive structure was super impressive, but also structurally worrisome for when they started hacking it apart. Also, Thor was gigantic, so when he started to fall out of this thing, it was gonna be a problem. They don't think about that, though. David just starts to hack away at the ice, and there's shards flying off, and he's like, watch your eyes, and they're like, okay. And then Thor starts, like, coming out of this ice thing. He eventually, like, helps them by pulling one leg free and then slumping to the ground and then using David and Christopher to push himself up onto his own two feet, this massive man. And he's very shaky, but after a moment or two, he was able to follow them under his own power. And they make it back to Balder. Uh, when they begin to free him, Thor tries to help with his bare hands. And it was a hindrance, really. But they, they let him help. Like a little kid. He want he want to do it himself. So they let Thor do it himself. Uh, once they get Balder out, they embrace. They cry. And the kids let, let Thor and Balder have their moment before April's like, Hey, let's get out of here before hell arrives. But it's too late. Hell has arrived. Did we ever find us gate? No. I think they've tried three times now. I think so, but I don't think it has been found. Hmm. Okay. I could not get a sense of scale on Thor. No, because I thought he was like normal size before. No. His and legs not. were feet in diameter. But That was a weird sentence, Alex. That was wild, but <laughs> that's what they said. <laughs> in diameter. But then, but then David was like, well, you got to catch him when he falls out of the ice. And it's like, how? how That's though? literally what they said. They're like, David, how? He's gigantic, David. David. Uh, Ew, Ew, David. Uh, Hulk Hogan had 24-inch biceps. That's only two feet. But that's feet. That is feet. <gasps> he had 24-inch, the 24-inch pythons. So that's that's the first thing I thought of when they said that. They were feet in diameter. Was the Pythonagorium like, theorem. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good that I can tell some of these jokes in Southern now because it, it helps the delivery. Uh, but that's what I thought. I was like, so he has Hulk Hogan arms for legs. Yeah. No, he has Hulk Hogan arms <laughs> For, for arms, and then bigger. <laughs> you know, Hulk Hogan arms for arms. Yes, Hulk Hogan arms arms. <laughs> so what we're going to do is we're going to take Photoshop pictures of all the different body parts that we think would make up Thorns and just put them together. Yes, yes. And it's going to be um, the hair of a shampoo model. Mm-hmm. Or Fabio. Fabio took a bird to the face. Sure did what, on a roller why, coaster. Yeah. Why does this keep coming up on podcast? <laughs> That's the only thing I know about we Fabio. Just talked about it the last time we recorded Horoscopes with Austin. Yeah, we did. Because we... Alex made a Fabio bird to the face joke, and it left Austin so confused. He had no idea that that event had ever happened. Our poor sheltered little Kentuckian. <laughs> Have I made y'all watch the Randy Johnson bird thing? Have you watched this? I don't know. I mean, I feel okay. like if it's a bird thing, I probably have. Randy Johnson, six foot ten. Means pitcher. nothing to me. Oh, uh, where he pitches into a to a, a pigeon? bird, yeah. and that that oh, pigeon no. just straight up disappears because yeah. it it got annihilated. Oh 
no. Sure did. Yeah. Yeah. Why would you make Alex watch that? It's it wasn't him. I've seen it. I've seen it yeah. around a lot. You need to see it to believe it. Wait, the don't physics they have, are baffling? Don't they have like birds of prey that like fly around arenas and scare off birds? Like now. <laughs> because of this. This was in like 1842 or 1996. Like, yeah, something somewhere <laughs> I think 96 might be a little closer. Yeah, it is. It's much closer based on the video quality that I've seen. <laughs> it still looks like somebody was recording based it on, to VCR. Based on your detective work. <laughs> I wonder whatever happened to that dog that ran around airport tarmacs scaring off birds. And that was his job. And he wore little I goggles. He was like a I think he colony. still exists. Okay. Because like O'Hare still uses kestrels and shit to keep oh. the birds off the runways. Wait. Mm-hmm. The invisible horses from Harry Potter? Nope. America's smallest falcon. Oh. <laughs> Obviously, the geese can't see the Thestrals, Tim. They've never seen death. <laughs> I bet you geese have seen all kinds of death. Little murder monsters. <laughs> they have committed all kinds of death. I sent a Marco Polo to you the group did. yesterday yeah. of the geese gang in my neighborhood. And it, the geese leader, the geeser, was just... Out in the street, and I'm driving up, and he's like, try something. Do yeah. it. And so I went in the other lane. He's like, fucking thought so. And then he just went back to his geese gang, and like started smoking cigarettes and <laughs> rolling dice. And then I started sending Tim gifts that said, if you got a problem with candy geese, you got a problem with me, and I suggest you let that one marinate. <laughs> and I said, look at all those chickens. <laughs> so overall, a great interaction. <laughs> On that note, are you guys ready to rush to the end of this book? Oh my god, yes. All right. Remember, Hell appears. April felt her present before she saw her. Thor and Balder started to turn, but April was like, no, don't look at her. Go, go. And they ran. They ran scared. And April turned to face Hell, who is half irresistible living women and half decaying monster of maggots and gray flesh. And then Hell seemed to focus on April. And with barely a gesture, she killed April's horse. That's right. April's horse was still alive. It was the only one. I forgot to mention that earlier. Just go with it. It went down screaming and writhing and then died. And April screamed. She screamed in rage and swore and threatened and then just screamed. And she was waving a tame sword in front of her. And it was almost like Hell was a little entranced with her behavior. Like, oh, God, she's pretty crazy. That's new um so she didn't stop until april plunged the sword into her stomach and red blood flowed and that's when april's like oh fuck i fucked up royally that did nothing (laughs) suddenly the world tilted and april's on the ground with hell straddling her telling her she was but a human and could do nothing to a god and she was going to make april regret what she had done for killing her 11 and the strip of gray flesh dropped from under her robes and wrapped around april like a snake and every breath she took The thing tightened and crushed her, and April's only thought as death came was that she deserved it. And then Loki appeared, and April's like, never thought I'd be happy to see this guy, but here she was, happy to see him. She's like, ironic, I thought that, you know, this first god we met in Everold was terrible, he tried to imprison us, and now he's my savior, that's wild. And then he's like, let April go, not by name, but he's like, let the the human girl go, and, uh, Then Hell was like, no, but then Merlin's like, listen to your dad. And Loki's like, Hell, let her go. And then I've changed the voices on these characters. It's fine. 
He had listened to Merlin's reasoning, and now Loki realized, of course, that they had to band together to defeat Ka'anor, the... And Hell's like, a god who changes his mind is just a weak, shitty god. And Loki grew very large and was like, a god has every right to change their mind. And Hell, like any teenage daughter, is like, I'm not going to listen to you. And then, I'm going to kill April. And then, another voice, a way more cool, authoritative voice cuts in. And he's like, let the girl go. And Hell's like, no, this is my domain. And he's like, I am Odin, the Allfather, and I have ultimate power, and you must do what I say or you will regret it. And then she's like, okay. And he's like, all right, if you let her go, we'll leave this despicable place as it is. And the bonds disappear, and April said it was almost like Hell had just vanished. But then she caught sight of Hell, slithering away with her misshapen goblins in tow. Will you walk a moment? Yeah, we should absolutely transcribe everything that you said that Odin said and get Kurt to voice oh, it yes. and oh just God. overlay it like you did the voice. Fuck yeah. That would be sweet as hell. Yeah, it... <laughs> are we are we using Willy Wonka moment whenever we need to interrupt? <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> oh my God. Wait till they do it in a restaurant or something like, oh, I got something. <laughs> I can't wait. <laughs> so th- this is, I know you, you, you're almost at the end and, 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 and I'm going to let you finish, but this is exactly what I'm talking about. Ten books of them turning Loki to their side. Loki the, being the first problem that they had in Everworld, but then doing all these things to get them to switch to, to their side. I, I could see that over ten books. Merlin doing it off panel. I'm like, that's lame. I just can't believe you just Kanye'd me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I got that too. <laughs> Fuck, I said it verbatim, didn't I? You did. <laughs> <Pretty> <laughs> <much>. <laughs> That's why y'all were laughing. <laughs> oh, I love we'll this. let you finish, but Catherine actually had the greatest series <laughs> of all time. This is called Animorphs. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, it would it would have been a. That's what I'm saying. I liked it. I yeah. liked the resolution of the story. I don't like when it happened. Yeah, I we should have gotten Merlin's at least in like a Merlin like recap afterwards. Like this was the big reveal, and then as they're walking back, Merlin's like, "Let me tell you of my four day journey." And like, yeah, yeah, that could have been a whole book. Mm-hmm. I mean, it could have been a whole book. Mm-hmm. It easily could have been a whole. Oh man, see, they should have sent one person with Merlin mm-hmm. and let them narrate that adventure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. April walks out next to Merlin. Odin and Thor were talking amongst themselves. As she walked, she thanked Merlin for saving her. And he's like, yours was a life worth saving. Merlin, the voices switch a lot in my mind. They approach this tunnel and ahead, April could see where the barrier was ready to collapse, but not yet closed. And she couldn't help it. She ran. She ran to Baldwin and he was very angry and she fell out of this tunnel and she was like, I'm so excited to be back. And Baldwin's like, yeah, but what horrors are chasing you? We waited for you, and now you're going to bring death and destruction on my kingdom. And that's when David, like, steps out, like, da-da-da-da-da-da, grinning. And he's like, hey, Baldwin just got here, and he doesn't know about Merlin and Loki and Odin. And then she watches as Baldwin in real time has a panic attack about these gods and great wizard and how he's going to host them in his domain and entertain them for his wedding. And then they just appear out of the tunnel, and they're like, yo, Dwarf King, what up? And then... Merlin just hands over Mjolnir to Thor and watched the instantaneous change overtake him as his strength returned and his powers. And he was like, da-da, like lightning crackling around the thing. And then Merlin's like, and here, Balder, here's your sword. And they're like, 
wasn't quite as cool, but he changed too. Then we cut to April's back in her room in the mountain. She is undressed and sat at the foot of her bed, and she's contemplating what they had done that day. And she was filled with hope. She hadn't felt hope in a long time, but today was a big step towards uniting Everworld. She thought about how far they had come since they had first entered here and how things had changed and how they weren't perfect and they never would be. But life was about the connections that you made along the way. But also, you come into this world alone and you leave this world alone. So be proud of what you do while you're there. Mixed messages, but then she is just exhausted, so she lays back and goes to sleep. The last thing I have here is a report that I figured I could just read to you guys, if that's cool with you. Yeah. Fantastic. February 18th, 2001, Chicago, Illinois. Story by Jim Miller. Community shocked by disappearance of five local teens. A quiet suburban town is shocked and dismayed by the mysterious disappearance of five local teens. It is unclear at this time whether the disappearances are related. The first disappearance occurred over six months ago and the last to date on Saturday. Though there is no evidence of foul play, friends and family members continue to be questioned. The teens, students at Crestwood High, are, according to Principal Robert Livingston, all in good academic standing and generally not considered troublemakers. If any of the five were having personal problems, the administration and faculty were unaware of the situation, he said Monday morning. Their academic performances were steady, and several of the five missing students were involved in extracurricular activities. The first to disappear was Senna Wales of Rutland Drive. No evidence of foul play was found, and after a brief investigation, the police officially considered Wales a runaway. The most recent to appear was April O'Brien, Wales' half-sister. O'Brien is an A student, heavily involved in the drama club, an active member of Our Lady of the Roses Parish, and a volunteer at several nursing homes and shelters around town. Father Michael Staub, a friend of and spokesperson for the O'Brien family, says the family is devastated. April is not the type to run away. She is a happy girl with a loving family and many friends. We ask anyone with any information of April's whereabouts the day she disappeared to call the police. We pray for her safe return. Second to disappear was David Levin. David Levin? Yeah, sure. Of Newton Road, Wales' former boyfriend. His mother, a single parent, reported her son missing after he had not returned home for three days. Levin's father is retired from the U.S. Navy. Christopher Hitchcock of Blackstone Street was reported missing by his parents when he failed to return home from school. A few days earlier, Hitchcock had been taken to the Lincoln Memorial Emergency Room, suffering from a strange and as-yet undetermined ailment. He was released into the custody of his parents. Hitchcock is also Wales' former boyfriend. A weird detail, but okay. Jaleel Sherman of Summer Drive, friend of Levin, was reported missing by his parents when they found a brief note in his room addressed to his family. The contents of the note were released to the police. It's not really helpful, admitted Detective William Costello in charge of the investigation. The note reads, It's okay. Please don't worry. I love you all. Could be suicide. Could be a runaway. Could be anything. Sherman's father, John, suffered a heart attack late last week and is hospitalized at University Hospital. Thus far, the only connection police have among the disappearances is Senna Wales. It might mean nothing, said Detective Costello, but it might mean everything. We'll continue to investigate for as long as we can. Anyone with information about the disappearances of Wales, O'Brien, Levin, Hitchcock, and Sherman is asked to notify the police immediately. All calls will be kept confidential. That's it. We We did a book. So, like I said, it, we, it was cool story beats. It was entirely too fast. Yep. Right? I think we all agree on that. Oh, yeah. So now I want to know, Alexander. Oh. What? Yeah, I'm going to start with you. Okay. What happened to these kids after the story? Oh, man. So I 
the thing that I really focused on right after the story was the breakfast the morning after. Uh, okay. And then I'll tell you a little bit about my other theories. But, like, I, I came up with this very in-depth plot beat that I would have liked to have seen, which is the next chapter of, like, they all sit down and all of them look at each other and we're like, we got a full night's sleep. And that's, like, a moment of, like, great, yeah. great pressure on, like, they, they just all realize, like, fuck, this is real. And then as they're sitting there, I would have liked a moment where they're all having these big sort of emotional responses and how they react is different, of course, right? Because David would internalize it. He'd just be sitting quietly with his sword ready to take on his responsibility. Christopher would be making jokes about how he's stuck here forever and like attain is, you know, with that other guy and he only has to wait like 20 years and survive 20 years and blah, blah, blah. But I would have liked the moment of Jaleel reaching over to take April's hand quietly and the two of them sitting there in that moment. That's what I would have liked for this end chapter. The good and the bad, the sort of yeah. emotional moments, the tones that we deserved instead of like the very strange, disconnected sort of last chapter that we got with the mixed messages. Over time, I think what would be extremely cool would be like just following like Jaleel and like him building up that dwarf city. Like that's a whole series in and of itself, right? Him like revolutionizing this place. I would love to see an arc where he and April like, I don't know, try to like get together and like date, but then like something tears them apart. But then eventually like they come back together, but then April in her own rights goes out and becomes this like massive force where like she figures out like what's important to her and what is right and wrong based on her new lifestyle. And like, she has the crisis of faith again and that whole journey and comes back to it. David, I think would just be boring as shit. Like I feel like he would go back and he would like fight for Athena and become like his his entire arc would be him finding the most straight and narrow path to go within Everworld itself. And like I love that for him, but like that would be awesome if we could just like take all of the attention off David. Like, yeah, he just did the expected thing, which is Buckwild. Christopher, that I don't know. That's the one where I'm like, I don't know what I would want his future to be, because I would love for him to like continue to improve as a person and get over attain and like have this whole other sort of story. But I just don't think that would happen. Okay. You ready for my take? Yes. Okay. So our theories on David are very, or theories. Yeah. Theories is the right word. They're theories. Uh, uh, on David are very similar. Right. Um, except he does not just go on to lead Athena's army. He goes on to lead the Everworld army. Mm, okay. okay. Now this is I've got a couple of wrinkles here. Like I'm I'm taking some poetic license here. One, as these four spend more time in Everworld, and as their confidence in themselves gains or grows, and as the confidence of the people, the inhabitants of Everworld have in them grows, they develop godlike powers of their own. So David becomes the warrior that he wanted to become with these godlike powers, right? Christopher's intelligence, or Christopher, Jaleel's intelligence only grows, right? Uh, I don't know what power Christopher gets, but he gets something. April becomes like the like maxed out D&D rogue, like can almost like oh, turn to yes. smoke and like stealth to places and is just this like lethal weapon, right? Okay, uh, Jaleel and April do stay together. Okay. Part of Jaleel's intelligence 
he unlocks the secret to Koo Hatch Steel <gasps> and basically builds himself an Iron Man suit. Uh, and that's how he battles, right? Because he didn't develop the physical strength that some of the others did. But he he offsets that with this this magical suit of armor, right? Okay. Like two days after Etain is set to marry Baldwin, it never happens because Christopher pulls off like this ultimate Zach Morris stop the wedding right kind of thing. And he marries Etain before Baldwin can marry Etain. So, right? So, and like all of this, like in my mind, since we're sort of 20 years past on, is all sort of 20 years past on. Like David has grown a beard and it's got gray streaks in it now. Like that's where we are, right? Christopher has been married to Etain for 20 years and they have two children, one blonde hair, one black hair, both sons. So he named them Wayne and Garth. Oh my God, this, why yeah, are you this doing is, this? <laughs> this is very important. This is very Christopher to me. Wayne and Garth, uh, they don't know it's a goof in Everworld. They don't. So Wayne and Garth grow up to be like a great soldiers in the army, right? Okay, now, another thing that they realize is that Khanor is not like its own entity. Like there's another piece of Khanor. And it's sort of like the the greater evil. And it's this entity called Megar, right? M MG. I had to do something with MG. It's going to be Michael Crane. Uh, so Megar is this other. And Megar looks exactly like, oddly enough, Thor. But Thor's representation in the cinematic masterpiece Kung Fury. Um, and if you've never seen Kung Fury, which I'm... I'm Guessing by your looks, you haven't. Set aside 45 minutes, it's the greatest short film ever made. Yeah, 45 minutes. Watch Kung Fury. And then you'll know what Thor looks like. Because that's exactly what Megar looks like to me. Yeah, Google Kung Fury Thor, both of you right now. Okay, but hang on. No, but hang on. Okay. Can, can I, is it, can I talk? Yes, yes. Okay, okay. Um, first of all, I would like to put a suggestion in for Christopher's power. I will say I had this thought before we went into the uh, Wayne and Garth conversation. Okay. <laughs> um, okay. I would like Christopher to develop the superpower of empathy. I think Ooh, that would be good. That's really good. Mm -hmm. So he almost becomes like a spiritual leader. <gasps> yes. Oh. oh, that's so good. Oh, that's good. That's very good. So that was my submission before we went there. So we go to the kids now, Wayne and Garth. What I thought you were going with this was Bill and Ted, and they went on time <laughs> journeys, and we were tying the oh, Bill and no. Ted universe into this. I need it. Because very they go good. to hell. There's no reason they can't go to H-E-1-L hell. H-E-1-L hell. And then they get all the gods together and perform... Their, their school project. <gasps> and that's the play. <laughs> oh, it's so good. Empathy is very good. That's like, for my good. Wayne and Garth goof, like, I feel like I should have not done the Wayne and Garth goof and we should have gone with your empathy thing because it's very good. But I do. And then, like, like I do think that after the 20 years, like, they've been battling Connor for 20 years and yeah. uncovering the evils of Megar right and now they're david is ready davidius is ready to lead the troops into battle 
and all yes. of Everworld is united against Megar and Kaanor. Oh, hold on. I had an alternate. I had a couple of alternate things. One was uh, that April is given back Excalibur, but then, like I said, I I don't know how like how she would take to that. But you see, know, that's got to be her ultimate arc: is that she's given back Excalibur, and in the moment, Excalibur is the key to the question that she has, and that's the solution. And she has to come to terms with the yeah. fact that that was what she yeah. used to kill her sister, and yeah. that's what started her on the journey to the rogue that she is today. I like that. I like that. Uh, and then the other alternate theory, like where I originally started this was I was going to write this narrative story, right? And I was going to have you, Alexander, read my narrative story. I would still do this. Be, it was going to be from April's perspective because April, not long after this, returned home. That's okay. Right? Okay. okay. Now, hang on, hang on. Stay with me. Stay with me. Uh, when April returned home, now, 20 years in the future, she is CEO of this bank and is living her life when all of a sudden, boom, blinding light, right? And who walks through is Greybeard, David, Christopher, and Jaleel in suit of armor, right? And they're like, you have to come back. The prophecy foretold that you would be the one to kill Megar. And uh, she's all like, what? I haven't seen y'all in so long. How did you even get here? And then this 10-year-old girl walks out from behind them, and it's Senna's other half-sister that her her mom got with a guy in Everworld and made another little entity. And so they went back to go get April because they need April to kill Megar. So that was my other alternate story. Yeah. That's very good. Damn. May I tie an idea that I had because of your stories into your stories? Yes. So, I... Okay, it's not really going to work. I'll just say the thing. We'll figure it out after throwing spaghetti at the wall. It'll be fine. We'll fix it in post. We'll fix it in post. So, what I was thinking is that when David leads the army and finally unites Everworld, defeats Ka'anor, that just reopens the gateway and they have free passage between Ah, the worlds. Dude, yeah. That's interesting, too. So the gods come back. The gods come back. And so does David and Christopher. And then they walk into their families like. Jo- you could start an unbelievable book series universe with so many authors and so many takes on things. Yes. That would be chaotic. And I love it. Alex, I'm going to text you something. Okay. Cause um, spoil- did you, did you Google Kung Fury Thor? Yes. Okay. Right? That's Megar. Hang on. I had to text Alex something. Yes. Okay. okay. Exactly. Okay. I almost said it aloud and I'm like, shit. Wait. Because, Tim, on. you haven't seen it yet. Yeah. Oh, okay. That's why. I don't want to ruin it. Okay. It's spoiler. Is it something that we have plans for me to watch? Cora. Oh, Cora. Okay. Okay. Wait, I didn't just rip off a Cora storyline, did I? No. Mm-mm. Okay. All right. Cool. Okay, Casey, now that you've heard our chaos, what, what, okay, we just threw a bunch of spaghetti at the wall, Casey. What do you think sticks and what would you like to replace? Okay, so I like the idea, I'm just going to go by character, I guess, Okay. Um, that David goes off and forms army to yeah. defeat, and he like travels around and like recruits, like he's yeah. like part of the recruitment thing. Um. And then leads the the army against Connor. I think maybe it's possible that Christopher goes with him. Yeah. 
because like you know a lot of times in the last couple books christopher's just been like yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna go with you like you know whether it's he wants attain to think he's a badass or he's like well might as well die like might as well die looking fucking cool or some shit but yeah christopher michael with him i love the empathy idea that's that's yeah it's very good oh it's so fitting april i kind of wondered she had a little bit of like a like a healer arc in the last book but like i wonder if that would be really frustrating for her not to have like access to medical knowledge from the real world so i don't know if she would like actually go uh through with that and then like yeah jaleel becomes a fucking like elon musk but not shitty um (laughs) 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 like fucking technology mogul bill gates looking dude um so I'll tell you that that my narrative story started off with Christopher. Uh, it was told from Christopher's perspective. Um, and it started off with him yelling for another drink at the bar. And then David busting into the bar and being like, no, he's had enough. And then them being like, I haven't seen you in years. And I was like, no, all this is garbage and it's stupid and I hate it. But some of the like ideas from it I liked. But man, I was like, the narrative is trash. And they, did, they said what to eat four times in the page and a half. And I was like, I hate myself for this. <laughs> I love that. I love it. <laughs> uh, but no, I do. I like that. I like the MPT idea like so, so much. It makes sense with all the other ones, like how their characters developed. And like maybe like he figures out a way in front of Megar to sort of like force that empathy into Megar. You know what I'm saying? To sort of like direct oh. it. So and like, oh, dude, because Megar has the Senna powers where like Megar touches them and tries to take over, but they're demi- demigods now. So like they yeah. touches Christopher and Christopher feels that power and just goes and pushes back. And all of a sudden Megar is cursed for eternity to feel every emotion of every person around them in full force and therefore yeah. has to understand themselves. Yeah, I like it. What do you think of Kung Fu Fury Thor? As the look of Megar, Alex. I didn't. I didn't look it up. I gave you one uh, job. You gave me so much time, and I <laughs> dicked around. Here. Oh, <laughs> you have to watch Kung Fury. Look at that fucking eight pack. I don't have it's, forty-five minutes. <laughs> you do for this. You do for this. It's literally the greatest thing ever. God, I remember everyone raving about this when it came out. Do you really? Because I have it's amazing. No idea what this is. I've never heard of this in my like life. So it fuck? it was like a YouTube trailer for a fake movie that got kickstarted into like a short film. I think is what that. Look at this Drew Struzan looking poster. It's got a T Rex on it. How do oh, I not have great. that poster? How do I not have that poster? How do you not have that poster? I'm gonna have to. Why is that poster? not on the wall behind you? He's in the movie. Why is there a Stegosaurus person in the movie? Stop asking questions. Yeah, it's amazing. Oh my god! I think that Stegosaurus person is a cop too. Sorry, it's a Triceratops, not a Stegosaurus. I'm sorry. Yeah, I made a huge dinosaur mistake (laughs) in front of Alex. You've made a dinosaur-sized mistake. I have a Gigantosaurus-sized mistake. (laughs) But yeah, it's it's amazing. But I do I like those those I like the story that we've come up with. Me too. 
I think we did good. I still think maybe the 10-year-old Sinister is sinister. Sinister. Uh, is also uh, possible because the, the, okay, so April, Sinna, half-sisters, right? Mm-hmm. April, uh, two-parent Earth, right? Sinna, one-parent Earth, one-parent Everworld. New sister is two-parent Everworld. So that would be another wrinkle. But yeah, uh, I hope that we get the chance to write these Everworld sequels. Yeah. I really want to, like, because my only idea was, like, I really wanted that next scene where they had to, like, experience the fallout. Mm-hmm. So that was really the focus of, like, if I wanted to write something, I would want that very next day where, like, they've experienced sleep for the first time in mm-hmm. who knows how long at this point. So how good would that book be if, like, the first, like, two or three chapters was immediately after time jumped 20 years later? That could be right. very cool, especially because right? it's being the the series has been dead for so long that that yeah. would be oh, yeah. a crazy way to jumpstart that off. But yep. They should put that on the website. Yeah. We'll write all of our ideas. We'll send them to Michael Graham. We'll be like, Hey, <laughs> we think we have an outline that you can do something with <laughs> all of them becoming demigods though. And like getting like powers. Yeah. That's genius. It's, yeah. It's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Right. It's great. I mean, they were already offered immortality. So, they yeah, were, the, and also like the visit to the mayor, like mm-hmm. when they've all like, cause they would have to like that town would like be in chaos and they'd be like, we got to go figure this out with the mayor. Mm-hmm. Lemieux. You know what? I don't know why I'm going to get off like a sign for Alex's bedroom that says the mayor's office, but it's M-A-R-E. Cause I think that's a pretty good bit. The mayor's office. That's the real power. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. So, like, no more Everworld. No. Do we want to say our favorite books? Yeah. Ooh, it has to be nine, right? Crocodile one, yeah. That was nine, right? It was right before the ghost-written mm-hmm. book. Yeah, it was right before the Hoobers. Because oh, that, that one was so off the rails. So good. Bonkers. Yeah. It was so good. There was a spirit tree fight. There was a Nazi with a gun <laughs> that was super yeah. unexpected. Yeah. Giant crocodile god. Giant crocodile god. Christopher had some like little bit of redemption starting at that point. Mm-hmm. He just cuddled. Spirit tree fight? Yeah, spirit tree fight. Like a spirit tree? Yeah, wasn't that in that book? They made it to the spirit tree. That's when they reverse oh, gravity. Hold on. Hold on. No, I'm, that was I'm, the I'm, one before. Oh, I'm that's wor- how the. I'm working towards something though, like a like you would say a spirit tree. Yeah. Like maybe like a tit soak. <laughs> so one of us, I'm not going to say who, might have just for the first time seen the abbreviation for tit soak. And did not put together why there was the word tit soak under Robert Pattinson. Had to be told. Jenna straight up looked at me and said, this is the skin of a killer. And I'm like, that's cute. What does tit soak mean? And she's like, this is the skin of a killer. And I was like, oh, shit. That's what that is. Spirit tree. You know why? It's because tit soak 
Casey made the comparison to the tree in the last unicorn. <laughs> when true. It did so good. I was like, that's so perfect. I'm like, this is the bark of a killer. <laughs> I keep thinking it sounds like a place like it's like Titsoak, Michigan. <laughs> it's like Shit's Creek. Yeah. It's that's where my vampire novel is going to be set in Titsoak, Seattle, or Titsoak, Michigan. Michigan. The vampires only come here because it snows nine months of the year. I don't know why they're southern. It's in Michigan. <laughs> the vampires only come here because eh? uh, it snows like nine months out of the year, so it's uh, cold there. But they don't feel the cold, you know. They're dead. They are the cold. You touch your hand. You wouldn't know if you're a vampire or not. Here, touch my hand right now. I wasn't wearing gloves. <laughs> what are we doing now that Everworld is done? Do you want the full plan or just the next book series that we're doing? Just the next book series. We're doing Dogtown. Dog hey. Dogtown. Dog you want to give me the full plan? I would love to give you the full plan. Just a little bit, not like the full full plan. We'll do it. We'll do a s- small steps program. So, <laughs> as per usual, after we finish a big book series like this, we'll be taking a little bit of a revisit back into Animorphs. So we're gonna go ahead and uh, and um, time matrix ourselves back into one of the Animorphs books and uh, rewrite history, as it were. And then Dogtown, Dogtown, Then. We're going to be going into the Gone series. Gone is coming. Gone is coming. Gone is here. <laughs> Dog gone. Gone and is back is a very good title. Yeah. Uh, oh man, that is that's better than Gone is coming. Um, so neither one of you have read Gone. I've read the first book You've and only the first, the first book. book. And I was deported during that time. So I was doing a lot of reading and it was very stressful. So I don't remember a lot of it. So you were gone? I was gone. And I thought, what an appropriate series. <laughs> Let's uh, be gone. Oh, no. I have read all of Gone. So, and I enjoyed all of it. I can't wait to revisit it. Hell yeah. I'm excited. You're going to... How does it feel to be the person that has read the whole series? I don't know. It's never happened to me before. Every time I've gone blind into every book series I've ever read. Ever read? Ever world? Oh, we're going to get so many puns out of Gone. Yeah. I hope so. I'm excited for it. Yeah. Because, like, I feel like this is the, like, the second most popular, like, Catherine Applegate, Michael Grant property after Animorphs. For sure. I don't know much about the Gone fandom. It's active. It's yeah. really active. Like that's where, like, if you uh, look at Michael's Twitter, like he's they're making a movie out of it right now. Like they're doing all the rights and like the the um, legal stuff right now. But they have like a production team, like way further along than the Animorphs movie ever was. Um, they already have a trailer filmed for it that they like released to the public and like. Michael Grant's constantly tweeting about it. There's like a whole, I'm in like one of their discords already. And like, they're super active in that discord of like drawing pictures of that. Like it really does remind me of like a smaller version of the Animorphs fandom, but still like nice. very, very active. So well, that'll be fun then. Yeah. Should be crazy. 
Shit. Shit. It's wild finishing a book series. It feels I weird. Know. Yeah, I don't I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do with my hands. Me either. I feel like this one kinda kinda went out with a little bit of a Yeah. Wah, wah yeah. for me. But you know, that's yeah. just scholastic being the can't can't Yeah. What's like scholastic? I can't I I can't stress that enough that it's not a a slight on the authors. Yeah, not yeah. at all. This is a executive yeah. situation. And I mean, let's take a moment right now to realize that they did wrap up the entire fight with hell, Loki, yeah. back, everything in twenty pages. Yeah, like they did an incredible job with the space that they had. Yeah, they just needed at least one more book of runway. At yeah. least, yeah. They landed the plane sideways. <laughs> they landed the plane side. God damn it. All the passengers got off, but God damn, at what cost to the plane? <laughs> Luckily, we're here to write fan fiction. <laughs> yeah. I have to retire my Everworld books to the I read them shelf now. Ooh, that's Banish. exciting. Is it next to that little lighthouse that's behind you? So, okay. <laughs> There's literally nothing on the bookcases behind me right now. At the, the lighthouse. The, yeah, the, the bookcases of that lighthouse. Uh, so we go on golf trips occasionally. And golf like trips? 2000, yeah. Golf we, with an golf. F. Oh, yeah. I heard golf. Uh, I thought I heard goth as well, but I knew no. what Tim was talking about. Okay. And I was like, yeah, sometimes yeah. he just paints his face white, puts on his trip pants, <laughs> and just goes under a bridge and like really lets go with some glow sticks. So, uh, we would occasionally pick up souvenirs for the winter of the golf trip, and that's what that is. Gotcha. From us many years ago. <laughs> goth trip. <laughs> this is my goth. St- you know, sometimes you just gotta like let go and like embrace the sort of death that ev- all of us feel. Goth trip is what Alex calls high school. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> I went on my goth trip. I came back from my goth about. Goth about. Goth Springer. Yeah, my Goth Springer. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess we could do an outro. Sure. Yeah. Let's go. Let's do it. All right. Um, tell us all of your thoughts on Everworld. No holds barred. We just did it at anonymousanimors at gmail.com or find us on Facebook at Animorphs Anonymous. Or Apple Grant Book Club and Twitter and Instagram at Animorphs Anon or Apple Grant Cast. Find us on Instagram at Animorphs Anonymous or Apple Grant Cast and tell us all of your thoughts. You can also join our super secret, super awesome subgroup, the Andalite Bandalites, which a bunch of people have been recently. So that's awesome. Thank you. That's cool. Fucking go to the Discord server that we have also, which is also very active. It's, it's a fun time. There's lots of cool people there. We talk about Animorphs. We talk about other stuff. Uh, oh, no. Oh, no. The brain. Yes. Go to our socials. Go to our social medias that Alex just said and be like, hey, I want to go to your Discord server. We'll send you a link and you can come play with us. I'm so sorry about the brain sputter. (laughs) All right. Clearly, I've had enough social media. My brain is fried. Where can I go to just really enjoy reading a book so I can recharge? Read a book. But most importantly, read (laughs) my book that I make 
it's not really a book. It's a webcomic. Uh, it's called B-Side You. You can read it for free at B-S-I-D-E-Y-U. Nope. <laughs> you can read it for free at B-S-I-D-E-Y-O-U-Comic.com. You can read it at AloofTroop.com. You can read it at Thomas and Webtoons. You can go to my Patreon, patreon.com slash Studios, and read ahead of everyone else. That's right. There's shit happening in there that is not happening publicly yet. So come jump on that little train and have a good time with it. Bye. Why do we not have aloof troop t-shirts? Probably only because we haven't had enough time to make them yet. Yeah. Adding that to the list. <laughs> and if you want to buy an aloof troop t-shirt, you can do that at patreon.com slash KCD studios. That is where they will be sold. So join the Patreon support Casey. <laughs> Also, for only $8 million a month, you can get the Slater cast that Dan and I create from the Dan van. And uh, Dan has asked me to stop telling Casey that we park in her driveway all the time because she keeps telling us to leave. Sorry, Dan. I forgot. Now Casey has to make the shirts because Alex said it on a podcast. I did. So therefore, it's law. It is. It is binding. (laughs) Legally binding. Legally binding. I am culpable is that the right word i yeah i i, I was gonna say ad nauseum why does that word exist culpable oh, is, is it yeah. bad is it bad in the mouth no i think it just means at fault and so like Cul- yeah. culpable culpable deserving blame yeah it just seems like an unnecessary it's superfluous superfluous i like it superfluid hey Tim, you're culpable for some podcasts. Tell me about them. Uh, oh, no, I am culpable for horse girls. You are culpable for a oh, lot of cult crimes. Culpable. I didn't even do anything. I just made a dumb goof comment and then case... Uh, case uh, uh, <laughs> We're all doing great sputter. tonight, everyone. I just looked at Casey. Uh, and then Jenna and Alex like made this thing become real. And so we do a podcast called Horse Girls. And it's fun. I'm learning how to become a horse girl. And I just went on my first trail ride when I was in Chicago. So I'm like 90% horse girl at this point. I think so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and then I also do one called Late Starters. Insert elevator pitch for Late Starters. No, I'm just kidding. It's a... We- <laughs> play uh, it's the three of us and austin runs the game it's pokemon ttrpg and it's a ton of fun i'm not i don't understand the game but that's okay because i play a character that doesn't understand the game all you have to do is understand all the different type differences in pokemon and then we take a series of d6s and then we build upon the d6 series also let me reverse that for one second you know how in DD you have different classes so if you took those and you split them down into subclasses and so instead of just deceit you had like guile and so on and so forth and expanded on that that'd be yeah willy wonka moment <laughs> yeah it's cutting you off there um i'm gonna sum this up for you i have a permanent initiative and it's 7.11 who no, 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 no. Decimal initiative. It's not permanent. If you up your okay. speed stat as your character, your initiative stat changes. <laughs> it's 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 stagnant then. I don't get to roll my initiative. You I don't... have a, a Dewey decimal initiative and I don't like it. Of course you do, but it's based on your speed stat, so it will change. Okay, this is the most opposite of late starters it's ever been. <laughs> Normally I am not the one. <laughs> You will never know, audience, you will never know any of this. This is us playing 
old Pokemon trainers and Austin playing our adorable Pokemon and we just are adorable together. That's what the show <laughs> yes. is. That is what the show is. Okay, so cut all that garbage in front of it and just let Casey say that. <laughs> wow. Wow. <laughs> Speaking of stats, there's another show with stats in it that's about things that Alex is on. It's called Talk Math Bitches. <laughs> yeah. The one Cadmus with the math to bitches Crisis. <laughs> a Superboy math podcast. <laughs> no, I believe you were trying to refer to Dungeons and Draken Beams, our Animorphs D&D game that we do in an alternate universe where we play the idiot kids with death wishes that like to do war crimes. Mm-hmm. That felt like a moment to sing. That felt like a singing moment. That was, yeah. That was sing-worthy. Yeah. So yeah, come check that out. Dungeons and Dragon Beams at D-N-D-B-P-O-D on Twitter so you can find out different stuff about when we do stuff and things. Check it out. It's pretty good. If I say so myself. Fuck you. I guess I just did. I do. What, what's a podcast that both of you were on that appears sometimes as a surprise? <gasps> surprise Tech Book Club. Sometimes we read books and sometimes we record us talking about the books that we read. And then sometimes we drop it into feeds where it does not belong. We call that Surprise Attack Book Club. It actually has its own feed now, which you can find. Surprise, oh. we got it together and made its own wow. feed. It, what do surprise. we? Yes, we I do. I didn't even know. I am surprised. Surprise. How dare you attack me with this knowledge? I'm sorry. I believe it's on our link tree, which surprise, we have a link tree so you can find all of our shows. We have a link tree? We have a link tree. What is that? How to find that with the internet search? L-I-N-K-T-R dot E-E slash join the clubs. Multiple clubs. Yeah. With, with one, one singular S. <laughs> I think it'd be funny to get a bit.ly to our link tree. I think we should. <laughs> I think we should. Oh I think we god. owe it to ourselves. Oh my god. <laughs> oh no. I hope bit.ly slash link tree is available. <laughs> <laughs> what to eat, y'all? Bye. What to eat?